0: Yo, today's QOD is fuzzy targets don't get hit. Here we go. Welcome back to the quote of the day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. We got Garrett Gunderson on the show today, wrapping up the week. And today he's going to talk about his own personal reassessment of what success means to him. I went through this maybe three or four months ago where I just really had to sit down and be like, okay, are the things that I'm doing and are the things that I'm aspiring to, do they really make me happy? And some of them did make me happy, but also some of them did not. And I had to make a decision that doing less can actually create more happiness and success in my life. And I think it's important to reflect on this and to ask yourself, you know, is what I'm going for, is this really my idea or is this somebody on Instagram's idea? You know, their private jet, their Rolls Royce, all the things that they're doing. I like, guess that is that their idea of success? Does it have to be mine? Like, what do I really want? And so Garrett's going to share his story about focusing on what's important. And there's also some fantastic relationship advice in this talk. Hope you enjoy it. Garrett Gunderson is coming up.
1: So it was uh, June 9th of 2006, and I'm up in the morning doing my morning ritual, and Hal Elrod will teach you how to do this to set your day right. But then the phone rings, and it's my home phone. I I don't even know my home phone number, so I didn't even answer it the first time around. And we don't have an answering machine or anything, those old school things, right? It just kept ringing. But then the second time it started ringing, I picked it up. It was my business partner, Mike, and he said, hey, you know what? the airplane left St. George last night with Ray and Les, our partners, and no one's heard from him since. So I turned on the news, and it had confirmed that the plane had crashed in the Utah Lake. And so it was a pretty jarring way to start your day, and I immediately started thinking, okay, what can I do to create some value? So I, I headed down to one of the widows' house and started spending time with them. And you know, in the moment that that happened, I thought, I have to preserve their legacy. I have to continue on what we've started. And I started to live my life differently than before, but not necessarily in a good way. I mean, I started taking on everything. We had 42 employees. We wanted to keep all of those. I kept doing the radio show that I was supposed to do with Les, who had died in the plane crash. I was just doing everything I could. So I'd get up at 5 in the morning, and then I would leave, and then it would be late at night, and I'd finally come home, and I was going to one of our satellite offices, which was an hour drive. And so over the next four months from the time my partners died, I gained 22 pounds. And I couldn't even make simple decisions. I remember being double booked one day and having an assistant say, what do you want to do about that? And I was like, "Ah." you know, I was just exhausted. And then Thanksgiving came. And so we got in the car, and it was my wife and my one-year-old son, and we started driving to this little coal mining town called Price, Utah. And you know what, we have like our best times on these drives usually, though, because we go through this beautiful canyon, Provo Canyon, or, you know, down through Spanish Fork Canyon. It's like all these trees. And we have one of our great conversations. My wife's telling me, you know, that was an extraordinary businessman. I loved hearing that. You know, she's telling me, like, I'm an extraordinary speaker. Okay, she's my wife, so she could say that. You can judge later, right? But all these kind of things, extraordinary. And I was feeling really good. But then she looked back at my son. And then she looked back at me, and she says, but you're just an ordinary husband and father. You ever had a moment like that? See, for me in that moment, it wasn't about getting defensive. It wasn't about, you know, justifying anything. I'd realized that I had lost, like, a certain passion for life, what Philip talked about. I had lost kind of my way in the name of trying to preserve someone else's legacy. And so what to do about that? Well, the first thing is I actually spent less time in my business over the next period of time. I started spending more time at home. I started spending time with my family. And before this, I didn't really believe you could have it all. I'd heard plenty of motivational speakers say that you could have it all. But I didn't really believe balance is possible. And I still don't think balance is the answer. But I think depth and presence is. And so I started having moments of depth. I started to turn certain things off. I started telling people hey, you know what, I'm not going to be available all hours of the day. I'm actually not going to be answering my phone. So what can you do to figure these things out on your own so I can get back into taking care of my life and my family so I could show up better? And I started to think, how can I be an extraordinary husband? Because, you know, I was ordinary with my health and gaining weight, and I was ordinary as a husband and father. And so what I did was I called the three couples that I knew that had the very best marriage in the world, the people that I respected most, They were older than I was. They'd been married longer. But they had this, like, love affair with their spouses. Like, it was just this, like, amazing experience. And so I said, why don't we all get together? And I invited myself and my wife into John Butcher's home because he had a really cool, you know, great place, and he had a penthouse in Chicago. So we just invited ourselves on over. And I said, hey, what I would love to do is have you be a mentor to me to get to that next level. And so what we decided to do It was very unique as we said, okay, who are we going to be friends with in our life, and who are we going to be friendly with? So that's the question to ask. Friends are people that you invite into your life, because my wife used to be in this study club, and when she was eight months pregnant with our second son, I remember I was in Chicago at strategic coach. She calls me up, and she's like hysterically crying and all this, and I'm going, I'm wondering if anything's wrong with the baby, but I'm also thinking maybe it's a little bit of a hormonal She wasn't quite sure. And so I finally got out of her what was going on, and she says, well, my book club, I didn't go because I wasn't feeling well, but they reviewed Killing Sacred Cows. That's this New York Times bestseller that I wrote. And she goes, and they hated it. They destroyed it. And I was like, well, thank God. They're the most socialistic group I've ever seen. These are a bunch of people that I don't really want to spend a lot of time with anyway, right? So... What we chose to do was start to be friendly with people, especially those people that were going through a divorce or that had venom towards their relationship. For six months, we said no to all their invitations, and we started to invite the people that had the best relationships or that were the best examples of being a father or anything like that. That's what we started to spend our time doing. And then we asked these people that were doing great things in these areas, what's your secret? What are the things? And we looked for the common denominators, and what we found in marriage was, number one, they put each other first. You know, we had a son, we have a son, but at the time, he was going through a situation where he had auditory processing, he was in social groups, it was just, like, massive stress, so he was being put first, and so my wife wasn't really convinced about putting me first that it was going to pay off. I didn't have long hair back then, I didn't, you know, I weighed 22 pounds more, so she wasn't 100% sure, right? So... And, and she's here, by the way, in the back. So, like, anything I say, you can be- validate. Is, is he telling the truth or is he, you know, is this a stage thing? But, Carrie, will you just, you know, raise your hand so they know she is? So, it's my amazing wife, Carrie, and she's here supporting me today. So... <laughs> So friends are ones that you invite, people that you're friendly with. I didn't want to have like a big altercation, but I just started saying no and I stopped inviting them into my life and I started inviting a better situation. I looked at the common denominators that people that were hanging out with that had the best marriages and the common denominators were they put each other first and number two, they treated themselves as their greatest asset. See, my wife was a domestic engineer at the time, uh, had kind of retired from teaching and taking care of the kids, but felt guilty if we had a nanny. But these couples had a nanny because they started to, you know, we wanted to have date nights. We wanted to have our time together. We wanted her to be able to rest and not just be constantly around taking care of the kids and then all of a sudden becoming tired and then all of a sudden resenting everything right? Because never getting enough rest, never having time for themselves, never enjoying life along the way. And I don't really believe in this concept of retirement where you defer your entire life so that one day, someday, you finally get to enjoy life. I believe in retiring from the things that you hate, building a business and a life that you love, and doing things along the way that improve and are part of your lifestyle. So the next thing is, what's your scorecard? You know, what's your scorecard? In my 20s, my scorecard was make as much money and have as much money as possible. That's what success meant to me. What does success mean to you? What makes it important? What's your scorecard? Like, If it's all just about having more, here's the problem. Someone always has more. Karush and I were talking about this. So there's always someone you could find that has more. But what if your you know, success card, what if your scorecard was about having an extraordinary relationship? And so I think there's things that happen within our businesses or areas of our life where we're all extraordinarily successful, just like what my wife was saying on the drive, but then if we were to compare or look at those areas where we don't have extraordinary success, whether that's that your health or your spirituality or your relationships or your parenting or whatever that is, where we could look at that hidden formula in our own life and say, what is it that I'm doing in the areas where I'm killing it, where I'm just doing so great that if I could just take and apply to these other areas, would get better results. So we see, you know, the couples retreat up here. Well, that's one thing I decided is I was going to start paying... For for things so that I would pay attention to them. In my business, I always had mentors. I was always part of great groups. But what about my marriage? What about in my health? So I started paying for those things. I started buying books and reading things in those areas because I found when I was reading book, I was putting the right attention towards it, but I wasn't reading anything in marriage before that time. And what I found is I had a vision for my business. I mean, in my business, the vision was, I want to get 1 million entrepreneurs to economic independence by January 1st, 2020. I think that that's a very clear vision, I'm very compelled by it, but if you'd asked me my vision back in those days of my marriage, you'd be like, well, you know, I want to be a good husband. What does that mean? Well, I decided the vision was going to be to be a premier romantic and to be an extraordinary husband. That's my vision my marriage. So I started doing things that romantic people do. And by the way, if you're not a romantic person, you can outsource that to Bluefish, you know like Steve Sims I mean I called him once I was like hey I want to do something really cool so we went to L.A., my wife and I, he got us set a 1955 Porsche Roadster. He rented out Red O Restaurant with all of the executive staff, with just her and I, where we got to cook through the whole day. So you don't even have to be great at this, but you can get best practices from other people in the room. I'm reading through this entire event, right? Like all the questions you've answered. You're incredibly creative in so many areas of life. You can take that same creativeness and apply it to whatever other area of your life that you want to improve, whether that's your marriage, whether that is even your business. Or that's parenting. But, see, we started to do these regular date nights, and I captured it in my OmniFocus app and my Evernote, like, ideas when I would hear good date night ideas. I subscribed to other apps that would put, hey, here's the concerts that are coming into town, or here's things that we could do. We love to slow dance, there's not a lot of slow dancing. We go to weddings, and it's like all hip-hop and even, like, old-school hip-hop, which is cool and fun. But so I hired a quartet for our anniversary once, right? Because that's what a premier romantic would do because I had a vision for it now where I didn't have that in the past. And I was just talking to John Bowen because one of the things that we began to do, because I did this in my business, is have a weekly meeting where we actually had an agenda. Because a lot of times if you have kids or you have a business, it's hard sometimes because that's pulling you in so many different directions. And maybe when you come home at night, you're a little bit tired or even exhausted, what if instead of being tired and exhausted, you had a meeting during the week with your significant other and said, okay, how am I doing on a scale of 1 to 10? Well, let's check in. I mean, I like to have pulse reports in my business so I can have trend management and say, where's our numbers? What do we need to be looking at? Why not have that in my marriage? Do that little check-in. And if it's you're a 7, I'm like, oh, crap, What have I? what's going on? What would it take to get from a 7 to a 10 would be the next question. And it's like, hey, it'd be turning off technology at night. So we started to create structure so we could have a better life, so that we can enjoy it along the way. So it wasn't about someday, one day, when we have a certain amount of money, and part of those became, okay, number one, uh, we're going to travel 14 days internationally without the kids. They can miss us. We'll come back to them. They'll be okay. We got a good support network. Number two, I'm going to be home at 6 p.m. every night. When I'm home, that means the phone's turned off. It means the computer's put away so that I can be present and we can spend time together. And number three, if I'm gone for more than four days in any given month, I'm gonna take a day off during the week that we could spend some time together and reconnect. And what happened was, no longer when I was on a trip was I worried about what was going on at home. I could be present. I could have my phone off when I'm at an event. I'm not having to call her every few minutes and she's not frustrated, which happened in the past, right? And then when I'm at home, I'm not worried about everything here because I know that that's my rules. I've got some boundaries. And so you, what is it that you can create in your life that way? All right, so the first thing, Find those people in your life that edify any area that you want to improve. Become friends with them. Invite them. And become friendly, just like they do at Mastermind Talks, friendly with people who don't fit the culture, which means they don't get to come the next time, right? So then after that, look and say, what's your vision? What's your vision for those areas of your life? If you lack vision in that area of your life, how do you know what to get? Fuzzy targets don't get hit. Vision is the rarest commodity in the world, and when we have vision then value follows that vision. Our life follows that vision. So create that compelling vision for yourself.
0: That was Garrett Gunderson. His website is wealthfactory.com. You can check out today's entire talk on the YouTube. It is called Mastermind Talks 2015 H d all right my friend i hope you enjoyed this week's talks i got some good stuff for you next week we got steve harvey we got eric thomas t harv ecker cw metcalf which uh probably a name you haven't heard of before and we've got john c maxwell on the show and so hopefully you will tune in next week and hopefully you will have a fantastic weekend and i will see you soon i'm out peace